the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, let's do it. Are, are you ready? Let's go. Here we go. Welcome aboard the Wednesday edition of Southern California Live on KKLA KPRZ. I'm Bob Lapine. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday uh, edition. Uh, good to have you along. It's you and me this afternoon, and uh, I, I'm we we got a lot of things. I mean, there's just a lot bouncing around in my head today. So we could go in a lot of different directions in our time together. We have just opened up the uh, the extra lane here on the KKLA highway. Most of the time, it's one way. Most of the time, you're listening to great Bible teaching, to great ministry programs, and you're there listening, nodding, saying amen, but you don't get a chance to raise your hand and say, wait, can I ask a question? I've got something I want to say. So the, the next two hours, you can raise your hand. You can join us. 888-52-TALKS is the number, 888-528-2557. That's what we we carve out these two hours so we can talk, so we can interact about whatever's on your mind. It could be anything from you got a Bible question, you want to talk about what's going on in the world, like I said, we, there are a lot of different ways we could go today, and I've been thinking about where where to take things uh, w- with our conversation. And uh, most of you know, I think most of you know, uh, Southern California is not where I live. I, I like being out here, like coming out as often as I can. I'm usually out here pretty regularly for some kind of an event, something going on. In fact, I've got a trip planned out here in July. Uh, I'll be coming in for a week. You guys know about Forest Home Camp up in uh, up in the San Bernardino Mountains, just east of San Bernardino, about 45-minute drive from the airport there. Forest Home has been around for decades doing youth camping and also family camping. Well, July 17th through the 23rd, Marianne and I are coming out. I'm one of the speakers at camp that week for family camp. So that's the next time right now on the schedule when I'll be in Southern California. Again, love coming out when I can. That's one of those times when I will fly in. I think usually either fly into um, Orange County or fly into Ontario, the heart of the Inland, Inland Empire. Um, and then I'm also scheduled to be back in August speaking at a church in Chino Hills, doing a marriage event, uh, end of August, uh, more on that. So I'm, I'm coming out for a weekend, Friday and a Saturday to talk about marriage, uh, in August, looking forward to that time as well. And, um, like I said, I, I I have spent a lot of time here in Southern California. 
And uh, I'll tell you a quick story. So uh, I was here, I was in Woodland Hills back in 1995. This was right after the Northridge earthquake, about six months after the quake. And uh, I was here at a marriage conference at the Marriott Woodland Hills. And uh, our team on Saturday night, we got together for a team dinner. There were about 12 of us. We had been doing the marriage conference all day. And so we all went out for dinner. And one of the people on the team, somebody local said, we should go uh, to a restaurant just reopened after the earthquake. They had to shut down because of the earthquake. They've just reopened. It's a few blocks from the hotel. So we, we should go. It's a, a place called the Cheesecake Factory. So again, you, you've heard of the Cheesecake Factory. Well, this was 1995. Not as many people had heard of the Cheesecake Factory. There weren't as many locations around the country. So um, our, our team went over and there were 12 of us. So somebody went early to try to make sure we could get a table for 12. And it was a good thing they went early on a Saturday night because as I found out when we got there, there was a wait. If it had just been my wife and me, we'd have been waiting for an hour and a half, I think, for a table. I thought, hmm, okay, place has got to be pretty good if there's an hour and a half wait on a Saturday night. Got to our table. They bring out the menu for the cheesecake. You, you Have you been to the cheesecake? I, I'm pretty sure most of you have been once or twice to the Cheesecake Factory. They bring out the menu, and it's a book, you know. I start thumbing through and there are, there are a couple of hundred menu items on the cheesecake factory menu. In addition to about 40 different kinds of cheesecake. So I'm, I'm flipping through the menu and trying to figure out, you know, is, can, can, what are they known for? What besides cheesecake? Like, are there any entrees that you would look at and go, oh, this entree is really good here, right? Because I want to pick something good. And they had an ad in the menu for one of their items. It was the uh, Cajun pasta jambalaya. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try that. That was what I had. And everybody at the table ordered something different. They brought our our entree and I tried mine and I thought, oh, this is pretty good. I mean, it it exceeded my expectations. Because I was thinking, I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful to like TGI Friday, but I'm thinking this is the food's going to be okay. But who can do all of these things on this menu and and have it all be really good? Mine was really good, the Cajun pasta jambalaya. And I'm asking other people around the table who all got something different. I said, what'd you get? And they said, well, got something different. They went, oh, I, mine's really good too. So I'm thinking, huh, 12 different things. Everybody thinks theirs is pretty good. Of course, the portions are like huge, right? And then the waiter comes back and says, y'all save room for dessert. And of course, you just ate this huge portion of Cajun jambalaya, but you're at the Cheesecake Factory. You're going to get dessert at the cheese. I mean, right? So I ordered a piece of cheesecake that night as well, which all of a sudden the business side of me is clicking in and I'm going, now wait just a second. So I just spent money for the entree. Most of the time when I go out to eat and they say, did you save room for dessert? I go, no, not tonight. No dessert. 
but I just, I'm at the cheesecake factory. So I just ordered dessert. So I just added, I don't know, at that point, six or $7 to my ticket for dessert. And I thought, you know, if, if you get a lot of people adding six or $7 to their dinner ticket to get dessert, you're average is going to go up. So, so I started, I was fascinated by this restaurant and the number of items on the menu and, and all of that. So I went, I went back home, came back home to Arkansas, which is where I live. And, uh, I, I started to investigate the cheesecake factory and found out that it was, it was new on the stock exchange. I didn't have any money to buy stock. But my mom had some money and I said, you should buy some shares of the Cheesecake Factory. And so we checked it out and she did. She bought not a bunch, but, you know, a little bit of Cheesecake Factory stock. Well, I felt like it was my stock because I'd tipped it off to her, right? And if it was my stock, now I felt I'm, I'm now a part owner of the Cheesecake Factory because I'm a shareholder. I'm, I'm a stockholder. And then I thought, well, if you're a part owner of the company, you have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that your company is doing well. So I now felt a responsibility to eat at every cheesecake factory that I could possibly eat at. We didn't have any where I lived, but of course, in Southern California, I mean, that's where it started, started in Beverly Hills and, and it's just spread from there. But Southern California has got like 25 different locations of the cheesecake factory. So anytime I would come out to Southern California, I would say, I've got to go to the cheesecake factory. It's I I'm a part owner. I've got to check out my, my business, see how we're doing. So I go to the one in fashion Island down uh, when I'm, I was down in orange County or the one over in Brea or the one in Pasadena. I mean, I started going to different locations and then I thought, well, Hmm, I wonder how many of these there are. Well, currently there are 208 different locations of the Cheesecake Factory in the United States, others abroad. And I don't know when I decided this, but at some point I decided I, I am going to make it a quest. I am on a quest to eat at every Cheesecake Factory in America. I'm, again, part owner of the company. So... Uh, so I've been on that quest since 1995. Next week, I'm traveling to Orlando. Uh, there's a new location. There are actually three locations in Orlando. I've eaten at two of them, but I will eat at the, the newly opened location next week. It will be location number 138 for me. I've eaten at 138 different locations of the Cheesecake Factory around America. Some people want to go to every major league ballpark. Some people eat at McDonald's. That's just my thing. I'm, I go to eat at the Cheesecake Factory. Okay. 138 different locations as of next week. Um, in fact, well, the headquarters, uh, you know, is up in Calabasas for the Cheesecake Factory. That's, that's one. They have two factories where they make the cheesecakes, one in Calabasas, one in North Carolina. And, uh, when I was out in Southern California, about three years ago, I sent an email to, to the people at the cheesecake factory who now know about my quest. They're aware of the fact that I'm on a mission to eat at every cheesecake factory in America. They I'm keeping them up to date with my latest exploits. And they said, if you're ever out here, give us a call. So I thought, well, I'm going to be out there. 
near Calabasas. So I gave him a call and said, I'd love to come by and say hi. So I spent a half day at the headquarters, got a chance to go into the factory and see the cheesecakes being made on the conveyor belt, go to the test kitchen, meet the chefs. It was fascinating. I loved it. It was like for a cheesecake factory fan, it was like going to Disneyland, Disneyland, right? Um, and, and some of you are thinking, oh, can you get a tour of the cheesecake? If after you've eaten at a hundred, yes, you can probably get a tour, right? hundred different locations. So I'm, I'm telling you all of this to say, um, that usually when I come to Southern California, somewhere along the time that I'm out there, I'm going to find my way to rancho santa margarita or somewhere and eat at the cheesecake factory location that's there i'm just going to grab them again we don't have them in arkansas so if i'm nearby one i feel a responsibility to continue the quest keep it going even though i have eaten at all of the locations in southern california i'm still going to go by and and support my company but i'm aware that when you come to southern california there are lots of good food options, lots of good places to eat. And so I I don't want to spend a whole hour talking about restaurant choices, but given the fact that I'm, I'm coming in July and coming in August and I'm going to be out near San Bernardino in July and Chino Hills area in August. And I don't mind traveling a little bit When, when I travel I want to eat at places where I couldn't normally eat and, and have a nice, I want to have a meal that is a memorable meal. That doesn't mean it has to be expensive. I mean, there are times when I come to Southern California and I just, I want a Wahoo taco because again, you can't get those back where I come from, but I thought maybe, maybe today you'd want to call and let me know if I'm coming to those areas. If if you've got friends coming in from out of town and you want to take them out for a good meal, again, not necessarily expensive meal. I'm, I mean, I'm on a budget, right? But you want to take them out for someplace that you go, this is pretty special. You're not going to find this everywhere. This is worth checking out. Where do you take them? So if you got suggestions, you, you can call and, and leave your suggestions with Wilbert. Call 888-52-TALKS. He'll make notes for me. Or if you want to hop on the air and, and tell me, put in a plug for where, where I should go when I come out to Southern California this summer, just for a, a good meal. Just Again, part of, part of travel is find those places that, that are just really good places. When I go to Orlando next week, in addition to the Cheesecake Factory, there's a breakfast spot there that I've been to once called Coop, the Coop. And I'm hoping we'll go back there because it was a really good, really good breakfast. Okay. So I'm just a little bit of a, a foodie thing. You know, they, they say, I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, you, you ask some people for directions and they'll tell you, you go down here to this street and take a right. And you go to the next street and you take a left. You, you ask people like me for directions. And we say, you go down about three blocks to the Arby's and you turn right. And then about three blocks more, there's a Taco Bell and you turn left. There. That's just, I'm just keeping my eyes open for that. So if you got restaurant suggestions for me, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I'm serious. Maybe, maybe you work at one or own one. You want to put in a plug for it. 
give me a call. And maybe when we come out this summer in July or in August, we can check out one of the restaurants that that uh, you have for us. And, and let me also say, I, I mentioned Forest Home and, and going to be speaking out there. There's I, I, Yesterday, we talked about the fact there's a movie coming out in May called Family Camp that looks like it could be a fun comedy movie that's coming out. But I don't know if you've ever done a real family camp. Our family has done this uh, back when our kids were were young. We did family camp together. It's a great, fun, interactive vacation. Uh, you can spend a lot of money on family vacation, going a lot of different places, but to go to family camp, uh, it's a memory maker. And a lot of the people we see out at Forest Home every summer when we go out there are people who do this year in and year out, and it's become a part of the family tradition for them. All right. So um, you might check that out, you can go to Forest Home's website, and uh, we're going to be out um july 17 through 23 if you if you want to check that out uh 888-52-TALKS is the number to call ricky is uh, on the line in seal beach hey, good with a, i think i think with you got a restaurant recommendation for me ricky i do we just moved into leisure world which is in seal beach california and it was to okay. be near our three granddaughters who live nearby and get us off the freeways and came to find out that my son proposed to his wife the parents of our three granddaughters on a place called Taco Surf. It's right off the pier, right before the pier, off Main Street there in Seal Beach. And they also have a uh, a good seafood place there called Walt Wharf. And that's where my in-laws, uh, my son, my daughter-in-law's parents had their first date. So a lot of firsts in Seal Beach, California, and it's worth taking a trip down the old uh, Main Street stretch. Okay, so I, I Taco Surf? Taco Surf, that's correct. And yep. Waltz? And Waltz, Waltz Wharf. That's good, okay. uh, good uh, seafood there. Taking taking notes here because I always like those local recommendations. So if you were going to Taco Surf, what would you order? Well, I always order the quesadilla because uh, you can fluff it up with whatever you like, and we did that nice. there. I think we nice. split the quesadilla, and we split an order of nachos, and it was enough to uh, have take-home food for us. It was a good meal. <laughs> Uh, at the other, the the uh, the wharf restaurant, we split again. Fish and chips is what we ended up getting. My wife is kind of coaching me as we're driving down the P10 freeway here. But, uh, <laughs> 43, 43 years of marriage, she's got a little better memory than I do. So, there you go. <laughs> well, thank you for the recommendation. We'll check out Seal. Maybe you know. I, so from from the uh, from the Orange County Airport, Seal Beach, how far? Uh, from, well, I would fly into Long Beach, especially if you ride on Southwest, because the fares are really cheap. And from the Long Beach airport, it's uh, probably 12, 13 minutes. Uh, if you go on from LAX, it's a little bit longer, probably about 30 minutes, but still a pretty short drive. That's a good heads up, because I'll tell you, airfares are are getting a little crazy right now. So, Ricky, thank you for your call. Thanks for the uh, hey, recommendations. Southwest, Southwest is awesome. Fly them whenever you can. Two bags for free, and they have a good staff as well. So we've been pretty fortunate with them. You, you are, uh, you, you've got a lot to, to tout here, both the, the restaurants and the airlines. Good job. Thank you, Ricky. All right. Uh, Jamie is on the 71 freeway. Uh, Jamie, welcome to Southern California live. You got a recommendation for me. Are we able to get Jamie up here? I'm here. Oh, go ahead, Jamie. Nice to have you on this afternoon. Uh, nice to be on. I just wanted to tell you real quick to go to Captain Jack's and Sunset Beach, which is right next to Seal Beach. 
Captain Jack's in Sunset yes, Beach. Yes, it's the best. So what kind of food? Seafood, the crab legs. You only go for either the crab legs or the prime rib, but let me tell you, Captain Jack's, go with the appetite. It is the best. It is the best. It's better than those two places your prior caller just called because I've been to those too. <laughs> so it but sounds like I'm going to spend a little Jack's. money. Am I going to spend a little money at Captain Jack's? Oh, it's okay. If you need some money, let me know. I'll sell you some. <laughs> Uh, you know, that? we. I'll tell you some because it's worth it. I love it. We were uh, we were on an Alaskan cruise. This was almost a decade ago, and we stopped in Ketchikan or no Juno. We were in Juno, and uh, we we went out for crab. You know, in Alaska, and I thought, okay, I'll get some crab in Alaska. And then they bring the menu, and like a crab dinner is sixty five bucks, and I go sixty. But then I think I'm never going to be in Alaska again. Well, I spent the 65 bucks, and I am so glad I did. That was a memorable crab dinner in Alaska. So Captain Jack's, you would say, is going to be right there with it, huh? Yeah, but I guarantee you it's going to be better than the last place you ate at. The crab legs are humongous, and they are so good. Trust me. All right. You can take right. my information down. If it's not good, I'll pay for your dinner. <laughs> Jamie, I love it. Thank you for your call. Chris is on the line in L.A. Chris, you got a recommendation for me, place to eat? We got you there. Go ahead, Chris. We got you. Okay. I, well, I heard you were going to be in um, in uh, Chino Hills in August. Yeah. And uh, I, I wanted to recommend uh, a Korean barbecue, like an all-you-can-eat Korean barbecue restaurant called Gen, G-E-N. I think some people pronounce it Gen. I'm not exactly sure, but um, at any rate, it, it's an all-you-can-eat Korean barbecue place where you have a tabletop grill and you can order all kinds of beef and seafood and pork and chicken and, and grill it and eat it to your taste. Whoa, right there? You, you grill it yourself? Yes. So, like, on the table, there's, like, embedded into the table yeah. is a grill. And and that's that's how that's how all Korean barbecues work. Um, and you order whatever uh, you know meat dish you order. Like I said, all you can eat, and um, and yeah, you grill it right there, and you eat it with all kinds of side dishes and vegetables. And I, I think they wow. charge something like twenty five, thirty bucks a person or something like that. But it sounds like you Very get your fun. money's worth. This is not one of those places where the guys have the knives and they they spin them and they cut it. It's not one of those hibachi type places, right? Correct. It's it's different. Um, there's, okay. there's no waiter that's going to cook the stuff for you. Yep. Okay. G E N, and it's in Chino Hills. Correct. Very popular. All right. All right. I I got it down. Thank you for the recommendation. Thanks to all of you who have called in with rec- again. I I don't know. We want to take the whole hour and talk about food and places to go and eat, but I appreciate the recommendations here. Uh, we'll, we'll take a time out, continue our conversation this afternoon. And, uh, we, we can talk about whatever's on your mind. I got a lot of different things kind of bouncing around in my head this afternoon. So we'll see where we go after we come back as your Wednesday edition of Southern California live continues. All right. We can all sing along here, right? When you're on a holiday. Yeah, there we go. 
Southern California Live on a Wednesday afternoon, 888-52-TALKS is the number, 888-528-2557. Is that, is that Weezer? Is that, that's okay. Just wanted to make sure I was getting that right. Um, yeah, so so we, uh, we've we talked about Korean barbecue and crab legs and cheesecake. By the way, if you'd like to know my, uh, people will will text me occasionally and say, we're at the Cheesecake Factory, what do you recommend? And I have my entree recommendations and my cheesecake recommendations uh, just so in case the next time you're there, if you've not tried the Cinnabon cheesecake, it's pretty good. I like the s'more cheesecake, but it's really sweet and you have to like marshmallows in order to to like that. The uh, mango key lime is very good. The tuxedo has a nice blend of the, uh, the mascarpone with the chocolate. Uh, let's see, what else do I recommend when I'm there? Uh, you know, the kind of the classic is that Godiva chocolate. There's also a, a very cherry Ghirardelli chocolate cherry cheesecake. That's fair. Anyway, just thought I'd, I'd toss out a few of my personal recommendations for you for the next time uh, you are out at uh, the, the restaurant that I'm a part owner of. All right. And you know, I'm not I'm part owner. We own a few shares of stock. That's that's it. So here's, here's what I think we ought to talk about. Um, maybe for the rest of this hour, I, I, we talked a little bit yesterday about a new study out from the American Bible society that talks about the declining, um, participation that the number of people who are turning to the Bible for wisdom and guidance is on the decline. People who are what, what the American Bible Society describes as people who are engaging with the Bible. And it's a, it's a pretty low threshold to be somebody who is engaging with the Bible. That would have to be somebody who reads the Bible outside of church uh, at least four times a year. That's, you know, that's not a lot. And the number has dropped in America from 52% of people to 39%. Bible reading has declined during the pandemic. And a lot of the decline happening with younger Americans, as younger Americans become less and less religious by any stripe, there's a decline in Bible reading. This survey also asked the question about, um, Bible engagement, they ask, how important do you think it is uh, that the Bible be used for a child's character development? 49% of the respondents believe that the Bible is either strongly or somewhat important for a child's character development. Meanwhile, an additional 27% strongly or somewhat disagreed with that idea. So you've got one in four Americans who think that Bible engagement for children is going to do more harm than good. Now, again, the, the older you are, the more likely you will you will encourage Bible engagement. 33% of baby boomers strongly agreed that Bible reading is important for a child's character development. 
you get down to the millennials and Gen Z and it's 19 and 20%. 59% of adults agreed with the statement that the Bible contains everything a person needs to know to have a meaningful life. Again, older people far more likely than younger people to agree with that statement. Only 19% of millennials say that the Bible contains everything you need to know to live a meaningful life. Among baby boomers, it's 44%. So there's a, there's a decline in Bible engagement, Bible reading, the significance of the Bible. Are, are you, the question I have, are you reading your Bible more or less than you used to? And here's, here's really the bigger question I would have. At some point in my life, there was a turning point where I went from kind of reading the Bible because I knew that was maybe a good thing to do, but I really wasn't getting much out of it, honestly. In fact, I'll tell you a story. When I was, I was uh, eight years old, so I'm 66, eight years old was 1964. I was at um, at vacation Bible school at our church that year, and the pastor came in to talk to all of us vacation Bible school kids, and he said to us, how many of you kids like to watch The Man from Uncle? Some of you are going, what are you talking about? The Man from Uncle was a big TV show in the 60s. It was kind of like these spies, James Bond type spies every week, Robert Vaughn, David McCollum, the man from uncle. I loved the man from uncle at age eight. I didn't understand most of it, but there was just this cool, they're spies. I just, I liked it. Okay. So I raised my hand. Pastor says, how many of you like the man from uncle? I raised my hand. He said, you should go home and read your Bible because there's more action, more adventure, in in the Bible than there is in the man from uncle. So I went home and got out a Bible that we had at our house and started reading it, did not understand about half of the words I was reading and did not find the action and adventure (laughs) that the pastor had promised and kind of put it away and went, okay, yeah, uh, some either he knows something I don't know, or I'm I'm just not doing this right. And and then there came a point where Bible engagement was one of these things where, yeah, I, I knew this was a good book and I should probably be reading it. I remember as a high school student, I would get out the Bible and and would read it because I wanted to be serious. I wanted to take this seriously, but I still wasn't getting a whole lot out of it. And then there came a point where there was really a turning point in my life. And it was that point where I had surrendered my life to Christ. And now not only did my hunger for Bible reading increase, but my understanding of the Bible began to increase in part because I now had the Holy Spirit who would teach me. But also I had, honestly, I had Christian radio to help me understand the Bible. So I was listening to programs on our local Christian radio station that were helping me understand the Bible and get to to a level of understanding and a level of Bible engagement that was just feeding the hunger that was inside of me to want to know God better. 
so so my question is twofold for you guys did was there a point when that switch flipped for you where you went from casual bible reading to this is god's word and this is meaningful and this is powerful and this is having an impact in my life what what was it that switched that flip for you what do you remember about that and then secondly if you were sitting down with somebody today and they were saying i just i try to read the bible and i don't get anything out of it and i don't understand it and i'm confused what tips would you have for them i'll give you an example i if if i was sitting down with somebody today and and they were wanting to read through the bible but they had a hard time understanding it there's a podcast that um, my wife listens to regularly i don't listen to it as often as she does but it's a daily podcast called the bible recap it it uh, follows a bible reading program and the the host of the program her, her name is tara lee cobble and she does a recap about 10 minutes long on what you just read today and maybe answers some of the sticky questions or points out the highlights just helps you understand because I think sometimes it's just when we're doing it on our own and we don't have a guide or a teacher or somebody who can help walk us through this, we can get a little lost in it. So if you were sitting down with somebody and they're saying, I want to read the Bible, but I don't know what to do. I I just feel like I need better understanding. What have you found in your own study that's been a game changer for you? For me, it was listening to uh, Bible teaching on the radio. Uh, today, this morning, I listened to a sermon on a podcast as I was driving to lunch. Um, what has been the game changer for you in terms of Bible engagement? And if you're at a spot where you would say, honestly, I, I need help in this area, give us a call and let's talk because you know, Jesus is the one who said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If Bible intake is not a regular part of your spiritual diet, you are going to starve. You're not going to grow. You're not going to get stronger. You're not going to get better. You're going you're gonna to get weak. And I, I know I'm talking to the choir. You're listening to Christian radio, for heaven's sake. Okay? So I understand that. I'm, I'm talking to people who understand that Bible engagement is pretty significant. I'd just like to know more about what you do. Let's encourage one another in how we can make the most out of our Bible reading. 888-52-TALKS is the number. 888-528-2557. What are your hacks, your Bible hacks, when it comes to getting more out of the Bible and having it be a more meaningful time, more meaningful engagement in God's Word. Give us a call at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We'll uh, take a break, take your calls when we come back as your Wednesday edition of Southern California Live continues. Eight eight eight. 52 Talks, the number 888-528-2557, Southern California Live on a, two, on a Tuesday. Oh, no, it's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday afternoon, 
I'm Bob Lapine. We're talking about Bible reading, Bible comprehension, about how important it is for us to spend time in God's Word, about how fewer and fewer people are doing it. And I think in some cases, it's it's apathy. In some cases, there's a lack of desire. In some cases, we are setting our minds on the wrong stuff. But I think in some cases, it's people try and they just don't know how to make any progress. So what have you found? What have been the hacks? What are the things you do so that the Bible comes to life for you? I mentioned Christian radio is significant for me in my own walk. I mentioned tools and resources, getting a a study Bible, getting a, a commentary was helpful early on so that when I had a question, I could at least look up and see, does somebody have a suggested answer here? Those were tools that helped me. But I'd love to hear about what's worked for you. 888-52-TALKS is the number. Uh, Marion is on the line with us in Alta Loma. Marion, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you very much. Glad to have you on this afternoon. Yes. Thank you. What I wanted to say is I have gone to church pretty much all my life, but I never read the Bible. And when I started reading it, I realized I had no idea what they were talking about. It was in a language I didn't understand. I didn't understand the uh, the underlying reasons for what was happening. I didn't know uh, Hebrew culture. And so what I did was uh, I got a friend to tell me what I ought to do. And he said, first of all, you need to find a church that goes through the Bible uh, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and explains it. And that made a lot of sense to me. So I, I did that. And I've been doing that now for five years. And it was absolutely a revelation. It was wonderful. And I really, I, I had Bible concordances. I had other books to help me. And I, you know, I have a doctorate in law. I know, hmm. I, you know, I'm a smart person, but I could yeah. not understand the King James or the New King James Version Bible. I did not get it until I started hearing it verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Absolutely wonderful. So in in the church where you were going, were they preaching topical, or were they not encouraging yes. you to read the Bible on your own? No, not really. They didn't encourage to read the Bible on your own. It was topical. It was like, well, let's talk about, you know, uh, family time. Let's talk about uh, what Jesus might have done. Uh, how about if we talk about it's a holiday, let's talk about Easter and the resurrection and a Bible verse there and a Bible verse there, but no solid verse by verse. And it's critical. You know what comes before your favorite verses and what comes after. Boy, I, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, at our church, I when I preach, I preach verse by verse through the Bible. I think that's the best way to do it. And I, I do it, and I remind folks, uh, if you don't understand this text in its context, it's not going to make as much sense to you. So you always have to look at what came before and what came after and get the context down. I think you're right. I think that's a game changer. And Mary and I appreciate you calling in. Antoinette is on the line from Los Angeles. Antoinette, what about you? What's been a a, a changer for you when it comes to reading the Bible? Hello. Oh, well, actually, I have to go back to what got my kids and grandkids' attention. And here recently, I'm happy you're talking about that, because here recently I found myself where I was kind of not studying like I should. So what I started doing was I started watching, like, the Bible Project, or even there's a cute cartoon called The Beginner's Bible. 
so it gives me a visual of it. Even there's a series called The Chosen. So after I've looked at it and I have a visual, then when I read it, it's like, wow. But even when I read it, I still do like an audio Bible version so I can hear someone reading it with me as I'm reading along. And then I just also think when you know, like, who wrote the book and who they were writing to, who their audience was, it just helps you understanding you're not just reading words that are like, oh, that sounds good, that sounds good, but it's actually coming alive. I am glad you mentioned the Bible Project because I'm a big fan of their work and the the great stuff that they do. And if you want to understand a, uh, my wife just this morning was saying she's in her Bible reading. She's getting into Second Samuel and she watched the Bible Project's overview of of Second Samuel. Now, when she starts to read the text, she's got a big picture that helps her walk through it. And and I think those kinds of techniques, you, you mentioned the chosen. I think that helps us go back then and read the scriptures and go, okay, I can kind of visualize what's going on here. So Antoinette, those are those are great ideas. Thank you for calling and suggesting those. Uh, Rosalind is on from uh, Orange. Rosalind, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, it's Rosalind. Nice. Thanks for having me on. Rosalind, thanks for joining. Yeah, sorry I got that wrong. That's okay. Um, so... I just think for me, um, I I always try to invite, you know, I usually start with praising God and inviting Him and Holy Spirit to reveal, you know, the scriptures. And I think that's important, too, is to, to be quiet for a little bit, and then it's good to read as well. But I, I would say for somebody who might just be starting out, sometimes the best way to start is in the Psalms, sometimes. Because um, I think it talks a lot about, you know, how David um, really cried out to God, was very real with God. But I do um, I do read a devotional, like the Jesus Always, um, and I read another one, too, but I also read the scriptures. And then I'm a, I'm a person who um, prays for others, so I have a prayer journal. And I always meet, like, in the morning before work, and just that's my time to really meet with God. And then I try to meet, I read the just because it says it's good to study the scriptures day and night to show yourself approved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I try to memorize scripture and apply yeah, I'm it. Glad, I'm glad you brought that up. I think scripture memory is so critical, so important for us to hide God's word in our heart and to have it there and to chew on it, to meditate on it, to really think it through. I I think daily devotionals can be a great tool. In fact, uh, I would recommend to listeners, if you've not seen Alistair Begg's new daily devotional called Truth for Life, it's a great new daily devotional that uh, that I would commend to you. And you can go to the Truth for Life website and find out more about that. You can order it from them at their cost. Um, Paul David Tripp has a wonderful devotional called New Morning Mercies that I recommend to a lot of people. And I, by the way, with devotionals, let me just say this. When, when you are looking, maybe it's just a couple of verses you're looking at with the devotional. Maybe it's a single verse. But you know what? Take time to just kind of slowly meditate on that verse. Just think about it. Somebody told me this years ago, they said, if you take, if you take a verse, like let's take John 3.16, and they said, um, take it and emphasize, go through it in your mind, but emphasize a different word each time. So the first time through, you would say, God 
so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now the focus is on God. And then you would say, God so loved the world. God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave. God so loved the world that he gave. And and see, each of that, that practice of meditation can help you get all there is out of a verse like that. And so, uh, Rosalind, thank you for that. Thanks for that, uh, that recommendation. Uh, Mitch in Pasadena, uh, tell me how, what are you doing for Bible engagement, Mitch? Hi, how are you? Good. Um, first thing in the morning, I get up and read the Word. I ask God to fill my heart with His Holy Spirit, reveal Himself to me in a tangible way, illuminate Your Word to me through God, and I ask all this in Jesus' name. And then I read the Word, have a study Bible, and I go through the commentaries down at the bottom of my study Bible. Yep, that's how I do it. So you read you read the Bible, but you also read the notes that are there accompanying it. And again, I love study Bibles. I'm a big fan of them. We have to keep in mind that the text is is authoritative. The comments are are the the well-informed thoughts of good and godly men, but they're not as authoritative as the text. So we have to keep those two separate. But again, I th- I think to have those notes and those the, the commentary notes right there available can be very helpful. And I I think you're onto a good routine. And I love the fact, Mitch, that you also said you begin with a personal prayer of illumination. You know, one of the, there's a verse, I think it's in Psalm 119, where the psalmist says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your word. And I think we have to recognize that, that we have to ask God to open our, our eyes. Jesus often said to him who has ears to hear, let him hear. We have to ask God to give us that gift of illumination and to open our hearts and minds to his word. Um, I'll just, as, as we, we got to wrap up this hour, but let me just some tips from John Piper. As you read the Bible, John Piper says, first of all, make sure you're reading to understand what the author is saying, not to figure out what, what your interpretation is. What's, what is the author's meaning? What, not what's your meaning. Secondly, ask questions as you read the Bible, write down a list of questions that come to mind and and chew on those questions and think about and meditate and pray through those questions. Maybe ask somebody who has been a Christian longer to help you with some of those questions. And then he says, at every page, pray and ask for God's help. Lord, incline my heart to your word. Give me a desire for it. Open my eyes to see the wonders there. I think that's that's really vital, really important. Thanks to all of you. We're going to con- we'll continue talking about Bible engagement, but I also want to talk about the state of our churches in, as the hour continues. So we'll take a time out and we'll continue the conversation as your Wednesday edition of Southern California Live continues. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.